and welcome to Look Down There, the show where we talk about all the things we don't talk about. I'm your host, Michelle Amore. Today, my guest is the founder of the Vulva Gallery, an educational platform centered around illustrated vulva portraits, personal stories, and positive community. The aim is to empower individuals and raise awareness around body diversity. Please welcome my guest today, the fabulous vulva illustrator, Hilda Atalanta. Thank you. <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Wow. What an uh, intro. <laughs> yeah. You know, I prepared. I prepared a little something for you. Yeah, I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. So Hilda is joining us today from Amsterdam, which is wonderful. And um, I have, ever since I started Look Down There, I was like, I have to talk to them. I have to have them on the show. Um, I, I stumbled on Vulva Gallery a few months ago. And first I was like, why didn't I know about this before? Like, this is, this is amazing. Um, when did you start the Vulva Gallery? Um, well, this summer, um, I'm gonna celebrate the Volvo Gallery's fifth birthday. So that's a, that's a milestone. Uh, so I started in 2016, end of the summer. Yeah. Um, so it's been a while and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what, so what inspired you to get into this? Were you an illustrator before or, or did the stars align? And it was like, I'm illustrating vulvas from here on out. Kind of, yeah. I, I, I started illustrating a little over five years ago. So it was like in, in the winter, just uh, uh, a, a few months before I started the Volvo Gallery. And I actually started with just creating portraits of people's faces, not their vulvas yet. Um, and I, that was just in a period between uh, studies and not really knowing what I wanted to do next. And I studied um, psychology before, um, so I didn't really uh, study to become an illustrator. Um, and during those studies, I was very interested in um, becoming like a sex therapist or a couples therapist or like basically anything sexuality re related. And I was attending a lecture where I uh, learned about the huge global um, rise in labiaplasty surgeries. And um, the amount of even under 18 um, girls who uh, have this surgery in order to alter the size of their inner labia to make them smaller. And uh, the fact that most of these surgeries are for cosmetical purposes. And it really struck me that, you know, the, the amount of people who do this surgery and also it made me wonder like, oh, wow, how, how is this shift happening? And, and um, yeah, why aren't we just accepting of this body part? So I started to dive into the subject and I soon realized that there isn't much, like people don't really talk about this subject. Like right now it's better than five years ago, but in 2016, it was not really, and uh, it was not really happening. And I couldn't really find many diversity illustrations or like images. Um, and yeah, I, I, it, it took me a few months until I decided, well, you know, what's not there, I can create. So I uh, I decided to uh, start an Instagram account where I wanted to share one illustration a day to um, show diversity and to perhaps reach that, you know, young person who is doubting their body and to affirm them, like to let them know that, 
you know, you are in fact normal and diversity is just natural and good. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the first time that you drew a portrait. Were you working from a, a photo? Did you know this person personally? How did that work out? Uh, yeah, so when I started the Volvo Gallery, um, I, if you scroll way back to the first illustrations, you, you're you able to see that the illustrations were much more like minimalistic and I created them based on my own knowledge of anatomy. And uh, after a while, I, I couldn't really make up more shapes. So I started to look online and um, started to look for photographs. And I think after four months the project kind of went viral and like people are started starting to like we're starting to join conversations and um I think a year in people started to send me messages to like hey say hey I, I really like this can you also paint me and can I also share my story and that's like at the, that moment I thought like hey but that's really interesting because you know me as a single person an illustrator um, showing diversity and telling you you're good the way you are. I mean, it's a positive message, but I'm just a single person and who am I to tell you, right? So when you um, see real people, um, like their vulvas, like illustrations based on real people and you hear the story connected to that um, vulva portrait. And for example, that's a vulva that's really similar to your body. You, I mean, it's so much more like... It's such a strong message, so much stronger than um, um, when it's just an illustration. And when you're insecure about the way your vulva looks and someone else shares those insecurities or says like, oh, it took me this and this long to get over it. Or this is how I, you know, became more positive towards this body part. Um, yeah, it, it was it just felt so powerful and such like such a good step to to take the project. So, um, yeah. After that, uh, submissions have been coming in like steadily. And right now there's like a waiting line of, I think, six months. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> like every six months, I'm, I'm painting a batch of new Volvo portraits, like collecting their stories. And then there's enough for six months to go, uh, go ahead from there. Wow. It's amazing. It's really amazing. Yeah, that's so great how things happen organically like that. And, you know, yeah. it took almost a year until someone came to you with their story, which I think is so, it's such a great, it's such a great pairing to see the photo and then to read the story. Um, mm -hmm. Are there any stories that stand out to you in particular that have really moved you over the years? Oh, oh yeah. I remember the first time that someone um, emailed me and, and wrote to me like, I've been so insecure about this body part. Like for years and years, I've been like longing for that labiaplasty surgery. I saved up my money and I was nearly there. Good to go. Good to do the, you know, snip. And uh, and then I found the vulva gallery and I've been scrolling for like a few hours, crying my eyeballs out and realizing that I'm normal. And uh and I canceled my surgery and you saved me 5,000 pounds or I, I don't remember how much it was, but it was like, I read that and I, I was, it, it really, it, it really, it was so moving. And so it, it was such a powerful, like, I, yeah, 
I have no words. If you receive a message like that and, and know that, you know, the power of imagery, the power of representation, um, it's, it's just, it's amazing. It's mind blowing. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're doing such great and powerful and much needed work. Um, and, you know, that's why I started this show, because I wanted to talk about all those things. Um, and I came from that same place as well. You know, I didn't, I didn't like my vulva and I had to work really hard to get to a place where I'm like, yeah, I'm, I love it. (laughs) I'm, I'm a fan, you know, and then just to see your, um, your feed and like, oh yeah, you know, like this is, this is great. And it's something that we don't, we don't really get to see um, if you are a, a straight woman, you don't really get to see uh, a lot of diversity. You only really see yours or maybe porn. And that's not really a great representation of of what's all out there. Right. Yeah, it's a representation. But depending on what, like, which direction you're looking, like you're searching and how deep you're searching, uh, you may or may not find that diversity, that representation you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So what about your own body image? Like, did this stem from, like, did you have a love for your own body and you wanted to share that? Or was this a way for you to heal through helping others? Um, well, that's an interesting question. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think, well, I've definitely had um insecurities and i still do uh and and they fluctuate and uh, sometimes i feel really good about my body or certain body parts and other days i feel really shitty about them and really insecure especially when i'm comparing myself to people i find beautiful and you know you know you know how that goes yeah Um, yes absolutely confidence is ebbs and flows it's not like you get there and then you're done (laughs) no Oh, I wish it was that easy. But yeah, so I, I, I always like as a kid or already, I felt like an outstanding, like an outstander. Is mm-hmm. that Outsider, yes. Outsider. And um, um, growing up, yeah, uh, as a teenager, there were lots of body, uh, bodily insecurities, and um, yeah, I, I knew like from my experience how it how how it can affect your like your sex life your like the way you move how you you're able to be intimate with people and um it wasn't really a deliberate decision to do this project to do like in order to self-heal definitely not and um like no it, it didn't really evolve from that like urge but it definitely um affected me positively as well to um well interestingly it it went two different ways like i started to appreciate the vulva for all like its diversity and all the stories positive and negative and everything in between connected to it but also um seeing what like how vulvas can look i i started to feel like oh maybe mine is like kind of boring compared to, you know, all those beautiful, like flowery butterfly kind of, yeah, like and vulvas with like piercings and tattoos and like really cool pubic hair and like, wow. And like, you know, uh, it, 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 it amazed me. And it also uh, made me feel like, ah, uh, yeah, 
you know, there are so many cool vulvas out there. It's yeah, it was it was it's 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 been interesting. <laughs> yeah. So you think it's it's helped you grow um, and accept yourself more through this project? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. At least whenever I doubt myself, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm still part of diversity, and that's cool. That's good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you know, I, I I know I said this earlier, but confidence isn't something that we just attain and then we have. Like it, it definitely. <sighs> It definitely, you know, changes depending on the day, your mood, and you mentioned comparing yourself to others, and that mm -hmm. is such a, it, it's such a prominent thing that's that's happening, and I think it's happening even more than it used to because of social mm -hmm. media, and yeah. we have access to all these people from all over the world that we can compare ourselves to, and not only do we compare our bodies, but we also compare our accomplishments and we think, oh, well, I should be doing more of this or how come they're doing more of that? And then it just compounds, compounds, compounds. Um, do you have any, anything, any sort of self-care practice when you're feeling those types of feelings in the moment, how to bring yourself out of that? Yeah, stop comparing is is my mantra at, at at certain days where I'm like, oh oh gosh, in two in two days or something like that, my period is coming. Those are the worst, you know. You're like already a bit in, in your like down mood, and you're like feeling not full of energy. And then I'm scrolling on my phone, and those are the days that I'm like, okay, wait, what are you doing? Put away that phone, put on your coat, go outside, go for a walk, listen to a. a podcast something that you know inspires and stop comparing because it's not going to bring you anything but it's something i need to do consciously and i need to practice that and and um but being aware of those uh patterns is already like uh maybe the most important step to really know why am i feeling shitty about myself oh because i've been scrolling those Insta accounts of people who are really gorgeous and who you know have features that i wish i had but i don't like you know, that's for me, that's a toxic kind of behavior. And to realize that pattern and to be able to put that aside, like break through it, do something else that's constructive. That's what, what helps me personally really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it's so easy to just mindlessly scroll oh, yeah. and like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling bad. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe I should stop this. Um, I think one of the things that empowered me the most was learning about my period and like learning about my cycle and the moods that I would go through. And you're right, you know, right before, right before it drops, it's like, oh, everything's a mess. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm looking through this filter of, I don't know, it's just cloudy. It's like everything is cloudy. Everything is cloudy. Everything is like kind of negative you're bloated so you're like oh i'm so fat why doesn't this fit and you just forget that you know it's all the hormonal stuff yeah uh, I, I i kind of got into realizing my cycle not not too long ago i think it was like seven years ago because i've been on the uh, contraceptive pill for 10 years between my 15th and 25th and uh so like during the, that decade it was all very like um even like there yeah. were no peaks and, and 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 like highs and lows and then 
quitting the pill and like realizing, oh, oh, this is what hormones are. Oh my gosh, this is this is like this is interesting. Like yes. <laughs> that tap info and like being like a couple of times per month being like so full of energy and just wanting to go out and meet people and like go on dates like oh I think I'm ovulating this is really cool this is really interesting <laughs> I want sex oh this is just hormone talk yeah <laughs> it's interesting how how you're like how you're living through your hormonal cycle in a way yes yeah. I had the same experience I I was on birth control for a long time probably 18 years, maybe 17 years for, for a while. And then I got off of it and I, same thing. I was like, what is going on? I don't, you know, because when you're on birth control, everything is done for you. You don't, you're not really connected to what your body's doing. You're not really aware or present, um, in your body as far as your cycle is concerned. And like our cycle is so important. It's like our natural timing where, like like you said, like sometimes it's really good to be creative at this point. It's really good to go out and meet people at this point. And it's really good to recharge at this point. And, you know, knowing where you are in your cycle really can impact your whole life. But it, it can also really empower you to be like, oh, this is, this is what I should be doing right now because here's where I am. And you yeah. can really like maximize your time. Right. And what I also found interesting is through all the personal stories that people share on the Volvo Gallery is how different our experiences are. Like, it sounds like you have a kind of similar experience, but like cycle related experience or experiences are so different. And it's really, oh, I should do a newsletter about this, actually. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Like how diverse the experiences of people around the world are and, and how people connect to their cycle or or not at all and just you know don't care or don't really listen to their bodies or are very into like it's very interesting mm -hmm. yeah. so in in doing all of this work i i think it's pretty controversial i'm i'm wondering if you've had any pushback or resistance from the powers that be um when I compare it to other creators who work with similar subjects around me, I think it it hasn't been that bad. Like once in the beginning, when I just started uh, the the Volvo Gallery on Instagram, uh, one illustration has been removed, and I re like re-uploaded it because um, sharing art of like illustrations or paintings of uh, Volvos, it, it's you, I'm following the guidelines like it's allowed so it should be fine um, and uh, once the account was uh, deactivated for like 24 hours because it's uh, it was violating the guidelines but it wasn't obviously so I had to write a letter and say like look this is all educational and it's about you know sexual health education not sex uh, like not porn um, but education and then they reinstalled it and then i got like the blue check mark and overall i do sometimes receive um negative um responses mostly um uh, mostly in, in in the line of like, yeah, why why are you so obsessed with Volvo's? Like, why are you why do you need to show this body part? Like, isn't this private? Isn't this something you know you keep for yourself? And you like we keep it like private parts are private, 
And then I'm like, yeah, I mean, I get where you're coming from. And I do agree that um, for a lot of people, it, it is private and, and I fully like support your choice to keep your private parts private. But the vulva as uh, a body part in an educational um, context needs to be openly um, talked about. And the fact that throughout history, it's being hidden and shamed and just used for um, <laughs> making babies and uh, like not, not talking about it in an educational way or an informing way or a pleasure way um, results in us feeling insecure, uh, not knowing the parts that we have, not knowing what to do with it, not knowing our pleasure, not knowing how to defend ourselves when someone crosses our boundaries, not knowing uh, what to tell the doctor when our vulva itches and not our vagina, or like, you know, all those things, not knowing when something's off because no one taught us, oh, this is a good smell, this is a bad smell, uh, this is good itchy, or this is itchy that goes away, this is itchy that you need to treat. Like all those things, yeah, by hiding it, we, <laughs> no, we don't, we don't, we, we shouldn't hide it. We should educate and normalize and um, sexuality, you can do with it what you want. If you want to fond your vulva to all kinds of sex partners, go for it. If you want to keep it for just one person, go for it. But education-wise, we need to talk about it. Right. And and we need to understand that our vulva isn't there for others' pleasure. <laughs> that we need to own our own pleasure and discover mm -hmm. our own body. And I, and I think a lot of our self-worth is wrapped up in that. Like... Mm -hmm wrapped up in that validation of, of, you know, let me, let me be sexual with you, but I'm not really connected to my own pleasure. What's, what's mm -hmm. happening. And it's like, well, imagine if you were connected to your own pleasure first, mm -hmm. and then you shared in an experience with a partner, um, mm -hmm. how amazing that would be. What a difference that would make. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, do you have any like favorite, are there any favorite parts of the vulva? <laughs> I mean, the, the clitoris, obviously. Well, yeah. Okay. I thought maybe that's what you would say. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, today I shared an illustration of a clitoris next to uh, an illustration of a penis. Like, uh, like the fact that they have just, um, similar parts mm -hmm. and yeah. I'm amazed by how many parts are similar and the fact that it can just get erect and there's so much that we don't know yet about the clitoris and I'm like the more I read about it the more like I'm 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 very well into the topic but still I'm learning stuff and uh, creating yeah. all the anatomy illustrations I'm still learning stuff and uh, and the fact that our clitoris are so different and that you know uh, for some they're very sensitive and for others barely and some are really large and some are really tiny and 
you know, trans men or non-binary binary folks, people who have like uh, hormone replacement therapy in the form of testosterone, like how clitoris is change under the influence of hormones. It's amazing. It's such an amazing organ and um, how, you know, stimulating yourself like from within in the vagina can stimulate the clitoris. Like there's so much cool stuff you can do. So definitely I think clitoris is number one. Um, but also, yeah, just the labia and the fact that there's so much more to labia than we we were taught. Most of us were taught that it's also very innervated and, and it also has um, swelling bodies or what's it called? Uh, sweat glands? No, sw swelling. Swelling. Like oh, swelling. Er erectile erectile yeah. tissue. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> erectile tissue and that it also expands and and, and grows well like when you're getting uh, aroused and i don't know pubic hair that's definitely also a favorite part of oh i'm so enthusiastic about <laughs> about lots of parts <laughs> <laughs> i love it yeah this is definitely your passion um <laughs> you know i don't remember learning anything about any of this growing up. I, I remember the really kind of sterile clinical um, diagrams mm -hmm. um, that were really flat. And so that contributed to me being like, oh, something's wrong with me. You know, I thought that I, oh, I thought that I caused my, my, my shape. I, I thought that I ruined myself because mm -hmm. I, used to masturbate with the bathtub um, faucet. Yeah. And so I totally thought when I got older, I was like, I, I ruined myself. Yeah. I did this to me. And I carried that shame for a long time, um, not realizing like, oh, this is just what happens as you get older. And this is how I look. And it's great. Yeah, it's a very common experience that you've had. Like, it's one that's been shared a lot with me. Like, oh my God, I masturbated this way. And for 10 years, I thought like, oh, I, I, I made it grow or I made my clit grow or I made my labia grow and darken or like, and that's, you know, the way you felt about your vulva in response or in relation to your masturbation um, habits or what's a better word for that. Um, that works. It's it's just a very good example for what you know sex shaming does with young kids. Like, okay, let's make them afraid and let's tell them this. Like, masturbation will cause uh, I don't know cancer, so you won't masturbate. Or like, uh, masturbation will make your labia grow, so you won't masturbate. Or like, yeah, or a vulva like that, it means you're not a virgin. Like, it's very effective ways of of, you know, creating shame and having people just not only feel bad about their bodies, but maybe also not, not have that kind of sex or, oh, if only we could <laughs> implement, you know, the actual facts and just make people aware of, well, what happens to your body is due to your genetics and not your masturbation habits. Right. Yeah. So. I, d I didn't know that that was a common experience. It was definitely something I carried. <sighs> for a while and um i actually well i grew up in a in a christian home and so i every time i would do it i'd be like oh, i 
can't do, I can't do that again. Like I, I would try not to do it for a few weeks and then I'd be doing it again. <laughs> and mm-hmm. like, I'm like, I can't control myself. You know, I, there was all that, um, religious shame that came along with it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I discovered the shower and I was like, Oh my God, like mind blowing. Like I'm, I'm probably the only one who knows this trick, but <laughs> I know yeah I don't don't really remember how I found it I would think I was pretty young probably would have been maybe six or seven I don't know but um I remember sitting in the bathtub and like looking down and looking at um like my clit was pulsing I didn't know what the hell was happening you know just like what's going on you know and I told my sister I was like hey you gotta try this (laughs) Like, you got to get in here and do this. I don't know what's happening, but it's fun. Oh, it's so adorable. But isn't this, isn't this amazing how young kids are like, oh, my God, this is what my body can do. Wow, this is so cool. And, you know, there's no connection with it being sex. It's just like, oh, cool tricks. It feels so good. Yay, pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I know how uh, conservative uh, America is surrounding sex and sexuality um things are changing i think we can see that but how are things different in amsterdam do you experience the same kind of conservative mindset around this i think if i compare it um as far as i know with lots of other countries we're doing pretty okay in the netherlands i mean amsterdam is a capital so i I, I would say perhaps Amsterdam is a bit more open-minded even because, you know, a capital city is, is just different from a countryside in most countries. And I think it's here the same. Like religious uh, parts of, of the Netherlands are definitely different uh, with their sexual uh, education. But I think it's, uh, I think in the Netherlands, you're obligated as a school to provide sex ed- education. So in that sense, we're already ahead um, compared to many other countries. But uh, still, uh, it, it depends on the school. Mm-hmm. Some progressive schools are very up to date, also with including LGBT and trans experiences in their education. Other schools are very still old fashioned, just teaching about, you know, don't don't get STIs, this is how not to get pregnant, and this is how uh, procreation works. Um, so it varies, but what I've heard happens in, in the US, for example, it's very like abstinence only, like don't do it, and, and if you do it, it's bad, and if you get pregnant, well, huh, that's too bad for you, you're probably gonna have to carry your baby at 16. Like here we have, the abortion laws, I mean, they're kind of under pressure, but they they still are here. Like we have good health care and I think we're doing <clears throat> okay, but there's still lots, lots and lots to improve. Yeah. What do you think about pleasure education uh, coming alongside sex education? Do you think that they should come together for for children or maybe there should be an adult course that comes later in high school like how do you think that the pleasure education should should happen i think sex education has to happen not just once not just twice but yearly and um it has to be um customized now i don't know the right word i'm sorry my english is sometimes a bit like your english is like 
<laughs> Thanks. Uh, like you need to match the sex education with the, the age of, of the person you're educating. So sex education for a four-year-old, and yes, for four-year-olds, it's already a thing you should do. Like sex education for four-year-olds is, is totally different than that for a 14-year-old or an 18-year-old. Um, and, and definitely pleasure can be part of that, but in a totally different way. And consent has to be part of that and safety and communication and boundaries, but pleasure as well and uh, anatomy and diversity um, and, and also the mental aspects. And, and yeah, there are so many aspects you can touch upon in a way that is suitable for uh, like age appropriate. And mm. definitely you shouldn't teach six-year-olds about kink and BDSM. But, you know, teenagers that are 17 or 16 can definitely be informed about that in uh, a way that um, is also age appropriate and educational. Yeah. So I think it should be a reoccurring event. Just I, love, like, I love that idea. You know, I, I think a lot of us come to it late because we don't have we don't have the tools and really it's education is so empowering and education around sexuality and your anatomy is so Mm -hmm. empowering and and really the pathway to pleasure i think i think so too yeah and i remember when i was about six or seven my mom gave me a book with pictures and it was a sex education book for young kids with cute comic illustrations and like really simply put everything put. There were also illustrations of diverse bodies of like an elderly naked woman and like a young, a young boy and like how, how those things differed. And I remember that was so cool. Like, Oh my God, this is what, Oh, and when I get older, like this is how the the seed meets the egg and then the baby grows. Like, you know, it's, Growing older and and seeing my body change even before receiving that sex education at school, I already had it in in my in my private life at home, like in our family home, and I felt also very wise and educated and and very much not really ashamed about my body because I knew what was happening. So it's definitely empowering to do that. Yeah, um, that's and that's such a rare experience too. So I'm I'm glad that you were able to grow up like that and then share all of that with the world and, and doing this great work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you see for the Velvet Gallery in the future? What are you working on right now? Ooh, um, I'm really working hard on the in de- more in-depth anatomy illustrations. I just started uh, a newsletter last October where every month I'm uh, I'm touching upon a different subject, and I'm also I just started in December a Patreon account um, because Instagram is with all the algorithms and all the guidelines that are changing, and you know uh, the threat of accounts being taken down. I want to be able to still reach my community in different ways. So in in uh, with it, like with a newsletter or with a Patreon account, being free about what I'm sharing and how deep I want to dive into the subjects. Um, so definitely anatomy, and um, I'm planning to do the first translation of my book, a celebration of vulva diversity that 
I um, published two years ago in spring, like in one month, I think it will be two years. Um, and I'm planning to do a German translation. So it's not official yet. And you're definitely one of the first ones who's hearing about it. So there's a scoop. Um, <laughs> I'm honored. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. And I just want to... Uh, keep creating the educational materials. And I'm thinking about, like I've been also doing penis diversity illustrations and um, on my other account, uh, just my Hilda Atalanta account on Instagram, I'm now doing a series of butt portraits, uh, compare, uh, com, uh, com, a company, no. <laughs> Together with stories, what's the word I'm looking for? A company? Uh, yeah. A company? Is that the word? accompanied with a story yeah it's a hard <laughs> word don't worry <laughs> <laughs> um and I, I would love in the future to create a book uh that shows different body parts so vulvas and penises and butts and boobs and bellies and uh just talk about diversity in uh like in a more child child proof like tone like child yeah um so more aimed at, at younger kids basically mm -hmm. It's like all related to the Volvo gallery, but just some like more uh, diverse uh, approaches to to sexual health education, basically. Yeah, I love it. I'm I'm excited for all of that. So, where can people find you, Hilda? So I'm on Instagram uh, at the dot Volvo dot gallery, and you can find me on Patreon. I'd love to see you on Patreon. Uh, there, I'll be. Um, sharing more like the in-depth illustrations and I want to have a more uh, uh, interactive uh, conversation as well um, so patreon.com slash the vulva gallery and as it's an 18 plus account you won't find me by doing the the search uh, like the search bar search yes. um, and you can subscribe to my newsletter via my website the vulva gallery.com and um, yeah, that's it, I think. <laughs> Just look for the Volvo Gallery and you'll find it. <laughs> yes, Volvo's everywhere. Here we go. Let's do, everywhere. Let's do it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Hilda, for joining me today. I, again, like this is a dream for me. I'm so happy to speak with you and I'm so happy to see all the work that you're doing and congratulations on everything that you've done and everything that you are going to do. Thank you so much. It was really, really fun to uh, to talk with you. <laughs> yes, and I will be following and subscribing to you for sure. Yeah, and to all of you who want to share your story and, you know, uh, have your vulva portrait painted, you can uh, send me an email, thevulvagallery at gmail.com, and I'll give you all the info and guidelines. Um, and so you can become part of the gallery as well. Amazing. Okay. All right, everybody, it's time for you to spread your legs and spread the love. Go ahead and follow the Vulva Gallery and follow us at I Look Down There and me at Michelle Lamore. Like us, love us, follow, subscribe, all the things. And remember that confidence comes from the bottom up. So grab a mirror and look down there. Until next time.